By the time that I got into training, one of the things for me that I recognized was most people weren't staying with it. Like they weren't staying with movement. And for me, coming from, you know, a background of absolutely loving and being obsessed with movement my whole life, I just, it didn't make sense to me. And so there is the obvious one of people get into movement because they want to change the way they look. So that was, that's kind of a separate thing that, that I addressed. But on the other side, I started to realize that their idea of movement was just like so blah and mundane. And so I was like, hell no. Like <laughs> you're not going to have, like you're going to have fun with movement and exploring everything that your body can do. And I'm the one responsible for setting up those experiences. Hi, I'm Pete McCall and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness podcast. That voice you heard in the beginning is my guest for this episode. She is a well-known fitness personality on Instagram, Ms. Kaiza Karanen. Now, Kaiza first came to my attention a few years ago. And let me be perfectly honest with you. As a longtime fitness educator, I've worked for personal training certification organizations. I've helped write personal trainer textbooks. I've done a lot of work on the education side of the business. And when Instagram first hit the scene and people started becoming famous on Instagram for posting up little workout videos, I'm a little dubious of a lot of that. Basically, I saw that as just a lot of people showing off their bodies, frankly, and trying to get attention for it. And, and to be 100% honest, that is how I first, how Kaiza first came to my attention. It was two, maybe three years ago, somebody posted one of her videos, linked to it on Facebook, talking about, I can't remember what exactly it was, but it was, it was a very hard workout series that, that she had on there. And, and, there, and I think it was a friend of mine who was a fitness educator, another fitness educator, talking about how inappropriate it was. Uh, I, didn't really, I didn't really pay attention to that in all honesty, but I was so impressed by her movement skill, I looked her up and went to her website, and to be, what was even more impressive to me was the fact that this young woman had a master's of science in exercise science, and that's when I was like, okay, there's something here. You know, yeah, I'm a fitness educator. Yeah, I've worked for certifications, but I, I have a respect for people that are out there encouraging others to move, and when I saw that Kai's at the time had a few hundred thousand followers on Instagram and that she had a background, she had a legitimate background with education and national certification from NASM. That's the National Academy of Sports Medicine. You know, I knew, yeah, I knew she was legitimate and I started following her. I started paying attention to what she was doing because let's be honest, she's getting people to move. It doesn't matter what degrees I have. It doesn't matter what I've done, like writing education, writing books or articles. And all honesty, if I'm not encouraging people to move, you know, all that's for naught. And when I see some of these people on Instagram, they're getting people up and off their couches. And there's some, there's got to be, I, there's, there's something real I really respect about that. And that's really when I started just paying attention to Kaiser and started following her. And I have been amazed, absolutely amazed by her movement skill. And that's one of the main reasons why. I, I first reached out to her a couple of years ago to try to get this interview. And it's between her schedule and my schedule, and, and she's incredibly busy, and I respect that. I really do. I respect how hard she works. It took a while to make this interview happen. Now, if you're somebody that likes fitness education, if you're somebody that likes learning about fitness, I'm actually hosting a webinar on how your anatomy works and what your muscles really do when you're exercising. Here's a little secret. 
Your abs don't flex the spine. Your inner thigh muscles don't do what you think they do. If you really want to know how your muscles work, I'm hosting a webinar. The information will be down below in the show notes. It's going to be a live webinar on Friday, May 8th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you hear this recording after May 8th, I'll have a recorded version of the webinar up. Not only if you take, if you take the webinar, not only will you take the webinar, it's going to be about an hour long, but you also get a copy of my ebook called Dynamic Anatomy, How Your Body Moves During Exercise. What I'm trying to do with this, with this podcast is I'm trying to put out education to help you learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. And that's exactly what a dynamic anatomy will do. That's what the webinar will do. It'll teach you how your muscles really function. You'll learn the best way to strengthen your core muscles. You'll learn the best exercise for your inner thigh muscles. That's what I'm trying to do, just to put that information in your hands. Now, back to, back to my introduction for Kaiza. And it really was, I mean, just over the, over the time that I've been following her, I am just so impressed because I've been doing this a long time. I really have. And I, I think I have a pretty good idea of exercise program design, you know, how to design workouts that produce results. I mean, I'm, I've been doing that for a while. But she is so creative with her movements. It absolutely blows me away. I love, what, I, I love her posts. I mean, her posts inspire me. Her posts get me thinking about, man, I, 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 I feel like I know almost nothing. I mean, and that's really, it's another reason why I wanted to, wanted to speak with her. I wanted to interview her to find out a little bit more about her athletic background. And she really, she has an amazing athletic background. Not only did she play Division I sports, she actually did an internship in a Division I strength and conditioning program. That's, that's pretty legit, folks. That really is. And it really was a lot of fun to get to know her a little bit, to get to know her a little bit more about her background, her interests, and what drives her. Because here's the thing. Kai's is really passionate about helping you find your passion for movement. She realizes what she does is, is, is unrealistic for a lot of people. But at the same time, she's looking at it to how can she get you to get, get up and do more movement. And to me, that means something. So really, without any further ado, it is a lot of fun to speak with one of the brightest superstars in fitness. And here we go with Ms. Kaiza Fit, Kaiza Karanen. Hey, I'm Pete McCall, the All About Fitness podcast. And after a couple of years of hounding her, I am actually speaking <laughs> with Kaiza Fit today. How are you doing, Kaiza? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Why did you have to start it like that? Though I'm so sorry, but I'm so excited to be finally connecting with you. No, I know. Hey, well, it's one of those things, guys. Where I and, and for listeners, I first was introduced to you when and and you know I didn't tell you this. We we had a little chat before I hit the record button, but I was first introduced to you, Kaiza, when somebody posted one of your videos on Facebook. And it was really, it was one of your, it was a workout where you're an incredible athlete and it was a really challenging workout. And they're kind of like posting it saying, Hey, this is what's wrong with social media. And I did a little digging. Yeah. We can talk about that in a second. <laughs> I did a little digging, but I, I looked into your background and saw that you had a master's in exercise science. And when I checked out your Instagram and saw that you were influencing at that point is I think maybe 300, 400,000 people. I'm like, you're doing something right because you're getting more people moving than someone like myself who, you know, I basically make my living teaching workshops to personal trainers. So, you know, I do, I do a workshop for 25 to 50 people at a time and a video that you post influences 300,000 people at a time. 
Now that was then. Now it's significantly more. <laughs> I'm thinking there's something I could learn from this young woman. <laughs> and that's when, that's when I first reached out to try to, you know, to try to to to, to have a conversation with you. So that's <laughs> this question: What's your what what's your athletic background? Because I'm fascinated by by a couple things by how how well you move. But what's your athletic background? So, I mean, I basically grew up doing anything and everything I could possibly do, but I never really was interested in committing to one sport until high school. So in high school, um, I was a soccer player. You could not rip that ball away from me. Um, and then I actually did track and field just to stay in shape for soccer season. And coincidentally, I ended up being better in track and field than in soccer. And so when it came decision time for college, it was like D1 or D2, what do you want to do, what do you want to do? So kind of looking back, my ego got the best of me, and I wanted to go D1. So I did track and field um, at the University of Washington. Um, yeah, and I did the heptathlon, so I did a little bit of everything. Dang it, I was just about to try to guess your events. I was going to put you on the oh! I was going to put you on the 100, 200 or hurdles just by how explosive you are. But you did the heptathlon for real? Yeah, do you know what that is? Most people I, don't well, know what I know. it is. It's what seven events, right? It's yeah. Shot, it was. It's the one ten hurdles, the shot, and what else? What other events? So it's hundred meter hurdles, two hundred, eight hundred, long jump, high jump, javelin, and shot put, and then we do it over two days, and then get a um, cumulative score. Yeah, Jackie Joyner Kersey, I think, made the heptathlon mm-hmm. back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you seriously straight up, you're D one for a heptathlon? I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, I was D1. I, I did really good my senior year. Um, I did good, really good at Junior Olympics and then went to UW and was injured the rest of my career. So it didn't really work out the way that I thought it, it would and the way that I wanted it to. But at the end of the day, it's what led me into this industry. So looking back at it, I honestly, I couldn't be more grateful. Well, what I want to say on this for one moment, though, because one of the things, I mean, this the, the podcast goes to a lot of consumers, right? And a lot of people that, that I try to reach for the podcast probably have kids that are, you know, nine, 10, you know, in their early teens. And one of the sub themes becomes when I talk to experts in strength and conditioning is why it's important to play so many different sports. Mm-hmm. So let's stay on that for a minute. You, you know, I didn't realize that you were, you did the heptathlon in college. How do you credit play with, you know, how do you credit playing so many different sports growing up with developing kind of into the mover that you are today? Oh, I mean, I think for one thing, I like injuries happen with overuse and repetitive. And because I was most injuries happened, but because I was doing every and any movement I possibly could, I mean, I'm telling you from swimming to gymnastics, to sports, to anything I could, my body basically adapted to anything and everything. And I think for me, by the time that I was, you know, in even in high school when most girls were getting ridiculous injuries, I was just, I was totally good. And the truth of the matter is in college, I think I, I really would have been good, but I had never touched a weight. I had never been in the weight room. Um, and by the time you go to a D1 school, most D1 schools, um, you know, they shove you in there. They don't care much about the individual athlete and you're stuck in programs that it just, my body didn't respond to and didn't like. And then from there started to break down. But I think one of the biggest things for me was the fact that I had the ability, um, growing up to do whatever I wanted to do. And so it just, it helped my body stay healthy. And that's why, that's why I really think that a lot of parents don't realize. And I see this here in San Diego is I see parents, you know, having their kids specialize at an early age. And mm-hmm. only playing baseball or only playing soccer. 
And so I find it fascinating that here you are, that, well, you're kind of a professional athlete, I guess. (laughs) Thank you. you But I mean that. I mean, you you make a living off of moving, and you move, I mean, extremely well. How do you, and this is another reason why I wanted to talk to you after following you, I I like to think that I know a little bit about exercise, Kaisa, but when I see (laughs) some of the moves that you do and, and some of the sequences that you put together, I'm, like, blown away because I'm, like, I would never think of using a piece of equipment like that or I would never think of linking those moves. How do you – where does your creativity come from? How do you think about, you know, the workouts that you post and the programs you put together? How do you, you know, how do you come up with that? Yeah, this is a long question. So here's the thing. By the time that I got into training, one of the things for me that I recognized was most people weren't staying with it. Like, they weren't staying with movement. And for me, coming from, you know, a background of – absolutely loving and being obsessed with movement my whole life, I just, it didn't make sense to me. And so there is the obvious one of people get into movement because they want to change the way they look. So that was, that's kind of a separate thing that, that I addressed. But on the other side, I started to realize that their idea of movement was just like so blah and mundane. And so I was like, hell no, like <laughs> you're not going to have, like you're going to have fun with movement and exploring everything that your body can do. And I'm the one responsible for setting up those experiences. So from a young age, I just had it in my mind or from a young trainer, I had it in my mind that my goal and like where my, where I would shine was being the trainer that made things really, really fun and exciting when it came to movement, because I wanted to prove to all my clients, you know, how incredible their bodies were and how fun it was to move. So that's kind of where it all started. And I want to point, I want to make a clarification here because we're talking about movement as opposed to exercise. How would you describe the difference? Like, how would you describe the difference between how how most consumers out there consider exercise and, and what do you mean by movement? I just, I think it's really important to watch our language and what we do. And I think um, I just... From the time that I've been in the industry, people have um, a really negative connotation when it comes to exercise or working out. Like most of the time when you say that to somebody, most people are say, are like, Ugh, I don't want to. So I have changed my language and used movement because at the end of the day, like human, I say this all the time, but human bodies were made to move. We're literally put on this earth as movers. And so it's just for me as a trainer, it's just about getting people to start moving. And then from there, you know, your body loves it. You start feeling good. You want to do more, more of it. And then, you know, the rest is history. But for me, exercising and working out a lot of times has an end result of achieving something, whether it's performance or, you know, a physical look. And I think what I'm always going for is a feeling. I want people to move, you know, so that they feel good um, and they feel empowered in their body. And that's kind of the shift for me. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I know we just, we just, this is our first conversation, but I don't know if you realize that the, po- the the tagline for my podcast is fitness is having the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Amen. And, you know, and it's, and people don't realize that. And that's what I try to get people to think about is that fitness really is not the mirror. And, and that's, that's what really bothers me so much about commercial fitness, Kaisa, mm-hmm. is that it's so oriented on appearance as opposed to ability or as opposed to the way it makes you feel. Is that what drives you when you come up with your programs? Are you really trying to use movement as a way to change the way people feel? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the only thing that drives me. I'm Every program, everything that I design, I mean, I run through it a million times, but everything is designed. So somebody could break down 
one of my programs and say like, maybe this isn't the smartest program for like a so-and-so athlete or this and that, but I'm really geared towards general population and I'm really geared towards keeping like in getting them into movement and then keeping them in movement. So the number one thing for me is always safety and being, you know, highly aware of taking care of the body. But after that, it's to give somebody an experience where they have fun going through movement. And I think for me, a lot of times, you know, you were mentioning about, you know, the industry. I don't, I think it's our job as trainers and people inside the industry to start shifting our message. I don't think general population is really going to change their mindset to having, you know, a positive relationship with movement or exercise um, and having that shift of they're not doing it to look a certain way. Instead, they're doing it to feel a certain way until we as an industry start speaking that louder. But that's, you know, that's a, that's for a different topic. <laughs> well, that's exactly, that's exactly why I do the podcast. And that's why I wrote my book, Smarter Workouts, plug, plug, is I want people to understand that, you know, working out is movement-based and that, you know, be able to do that. So switch gears real quick. Let's learn a little bit more about you. Because one of the things that, that I was fascinated by was your education background. You mm-hmm. said you went to UW, and what you what you study undergrad? Yeah, so I went to UW, and I got my you know degree in track and field. That's what I say. <laughs> I basically I got a sociology degree. I had no interest in becoming a trainer. Like that was never even in my mindset. I wanted to go back and get my master's um, and become a social worker. Like I just I wanted to work with people and. Long story short, being injured, I wanted to heal myself, so um, I got certified through NASM just to learn about the body so that I could heal my own body, and while I was going through the certification process and trying to decide what I wanted to do about going back to school, um, one of my friends asked me to teach a boot camp with her and some coworkers, and so I I honestly reluctantly said, okay, fine, and in that moment of the first boot camp, I mean, it gives me goosebumps still to talk about it, but... um, it was the most incredible experience. All the feelings that movement had ever given me and that sports had ever given me, I had them more intensely. Like, I was more passionate about this group of women to move. And so from there, I was like, well, hell, like, I want to work with people, but movement is going to be my tool to do that. So I got into the industry, became a trainer, um, was working at a pretty well-known gym here in Seattle, and just constantly didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel like I was smart enough. I didn't feel like I belonged. Like I had, you know, a really big passion for movement and I really cared about people and, you know, helping them on their journeys. But at the end of the day, it was so, I just was so defeated every single time I stepped out of the gym because I just felt like I didn't belong here. Um, And so for me, one of the decisions was, I didn't feel like I, I could exit the industry. I just had something, you know, so intensely telling me, like, no, you need to stay here. So I basically decided to go back to school and get my master's in exercise science. Um, and, you know, from there, it was a year-long program. I went back to school, um, and it was online education, but I had to do my internship. So I did my internship at UW the whole time in the strength and conditioning department. And, um, you know, it was a learning experience for me. I could go on and on about that, but one of the big things I learned was that I actually enjoyed training general population, and I enjoyed the fun side of movement and the cheerleading side of movement and just getting, you know, I always say, like, getting Suzy Q off her couch and up and moving rather than the analytical side um, and the performance side of movement. So that's interesting that you did your internship in the S&C program. Um, and, and sorry, the strength and conditioning program, because how different is the, is the consumer fitness world? Like, how different is it to work in a gym 
like a commercial gym and to work in a strength room of, of like a D1 program like you don't. Night and day. It's completely different. <laughs> it's like, well, and as, 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 go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think one of the main things for me that I recognized was most of the athletes. So when I was at UW, like I actually really enjoyed the lift. Like I enjoyed the gym. And so I just assumed that's how all the athletes were. They hate, most of the athletes hated being there. They didn't want to be there. They had no interest in, you know, in ending their day with us. And for me, there were things that were happening, you know, because I had already been in the industry for uh, like four years at that time. And I, w- I was watching things happening um, with the athletes that seemed so ass backwards and so old school that it was just like all the way around. I just kind of realized it wasn't really the, the place for me. Well, imagine this, Kaisa. In 2008, I think it was. Yeah, it was 2008, and there's another time in the t- mid-2000s. Both IDEA and the NSCA had their, their conferences at the same time in Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. for listeners, the NSCA is the National Strength and Conditioning Association, and that's the Association of Strength Coaches. So if you can imagine this, IDEA was all Lululemon, like women or group fitness instructors, and NSCA is all what? Like all strength, most strength and conditioning coaches are, are, are what type of folks? <laughs> White males. Exactly. So you had they're, they're, they're short. So they're, well, not short. Not all of them are short, but they're stocky white dudes with no hair. A lot of them are bald or shave their head. And so it, I always say fitness is like a solar system where you have the strength and conditioning planet and you have the fitness planet, like the general consumer yeah. fitness planet. So true. And they're, they're two completely different planets. But, and I wanted, but I want listeners to know that you have a background in MS and exercise science because you've kind of helped create another planet in the fitness industry or in the industry in general, and then that's the social media planet. How did you mm. get started? How did you get started with social media? What what was yeah. it that got you that got you cranking on that? Yeah. So okay. So basically, what happened was once I got back into understanding, you know, that my passion really was to get general population to move. A few things for me came up. One was. Um, that movement is extremely expensive and almost elitist, which makes it not accessible for a lot of people. Um, and so for me, what I wanted to do was be able to, and I always wanted to do, was be able to get the world to move. And I realized on the other side, I didn't have hour, enough hours within my day to, to one-on-one train people or even to group class train people um, enough to get the whole world to move. So that's I always had this dream of like being on a platform, but back in that day, social media was nowhere around. But the only platform that existed was the biggest loser. You know, it was Jillian Michaels on the biggest loser. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, well, that's the only platform right now. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Like, I don't think that's obviously my platform, but I'm going to work towards something. And social media literally fell in my lap. And it wasn't like, I was aware of it when it came because I knew that I had a goal. I knew what I wanted to do. So I saw it as a tool right away um, that I could spread the message of just move and, you know, help encourage friends and family to move. And it was a really easy way to share my workouts and, you know, tips and, and fun times with movement. But never in a million years would I think that it would, you know, have become my full time job and, you know, to the level that it is today. Well, that's the amazing thing, right, is when you look at, like, Instagram and YouTube and and various platforms like that, it's almost like they're made custom designed for people working in the fitness industry. Yeah. How how long did it take you to go, you know, like, when about did you get started and how long did it take you before you, like, you realize, like, wow, this is, I got something here. Yeah. I can actually, I don't need to work in a physical space. 
Yeah, great question. So I actually had an account before I have before I was known as Kaisa Fit, I had an account with a friend who was also a fellow teammate at UW, um, and we were called Two Bad Bodies. So we had a social media account, and we were really at the tip of the wave. Um, you know, timing is everything in life. And um, we were two girls that wore cool outfits and did matching workouts, and it just was eye candy. Like, it took off, and it did really well. And, you know, we got shouted out by Michelle Obama. Like, it just it did really well in less than a year. Um, and unfortunately, it turned into a business, and you know she wasn't interested in in growing it anymore. So we went our separate ways. But what happened in that moment was I realized really quickly the power of social media. And so, jumping on to my own platform, I had a taste of what really, really hard work um, and where it could take me on social media. And so I basically, and I think most people don't actually know this, but I basically quit. My training, my, I ran my own business at the time, and I was doing really well, and I basically quit that to dedicate all my time, energy, and effort into social media because I believed, like, more than anything, that it was going to be the way that I could talk to the world um, and get the world to move. So it was a long process, though, <laughs> a long well, process. I think that's very, but that's a lot of foresight, Kaisa, especially since, I mean, it's not like you had a background in digital media or you had a background in, in computers. Your background was sociology and exercise science. Yeah. So what was it that, that kind of caught you? Because, you know, I, re- I was working the American Council on Exercise when Instagram and Twitter first kind of came on the scene, mm-hmm. and it was like an afterthought. You know, we didn't really – nobody in the building really kind of gave it much attention. And now you have whole companies with, like, whole departments based on their oh, – yeah. to drive their Instagram account. So what kind of learning process has it been for you – to figure out how to go from doing physical exercise to doing, you know, in the digital world or in the virtual world? Yeah, I mean, it's been a huge learning um, curve. But I think initially what I saw right away was the people that were on social media, a.k.a. my friends and family, were people that I couldn't get to move. I couldn't get them (laughs) to work out. I couldn't get them to move, but they were engaging on things that were here on this platform. And so... For me, you know, even if they didn't get up and move, I still wanted them to get to basically have the option um, and to have ideas and things to do. So I just I saw it as a really cool way to connect with people um, and to share a message that there's no other way besides being on you know national TV at the time that you were going to be able to talk to people around the world. So those things struck me right away. Um, and the biggest thing for me was that it was free. And I'd always had, you know, the mission of getting people to move, but taking away the barriers to how expensive it is to move, you know, with gyms and, you know, gym memberships and trainers, it's, it becomes something for a lot of people that's almost impossible to do. So combining those two, um, I, I basically hit the ground running and was determined to make it work. But what people don't realize is how long it takes, how much time it takes. Um, I mean, I went bankrupt several times believing in my dream um, because I couldn't, essentially I was working like in ridiculous hour work week on social media. And then I would train occasionally on the weekends to try and at least just pay rent. But um, it was a lot of time, energy and effort without anything going anywhere. And I just had a belief in myself and my message and, you know, stuck with it. And eventually, eventually we're here today. Well, that's kind of funny because the, the the last interview I posted was with a woman who is like an empowerment. I guess she's an empowerment and just like an overall motivational coach. 
and she talks about you know the the, the thing that sets the top one percent apart is their their work ethic and, the, and their drive and their ability and their interest guys and always learning and always trying to do things better how do you how do you always try to improve improve your posts or improve prove what you put out there because it seems like you know again i'm always blown away by the creativity and what you do so is that one of the things that drives you is just that that state of like you constantly want to improve you constantly want to have you know do something a little bit better i mean if you're an athlete with your background i'd have to imagine that's kind of what drives you yeah absolutely i mean it is i'm definitely a, a driven person i'm definitely competitive i'm definitely um, a perfectionist, which isn't, you know, a great thing. But I think at the end of the day, I think one of the biggest things is you have to really be passionate about the thing that you're doing. And I think that for me, one of, you know, my goals has always been now, you know, for the past, the, the entire time I've been in this industry is to get people to move and to move more. So it's not really about me. I'm constantly paying attention to, things that, you know, I call them the team because I hate the word followers, but things that the team, you know, wants from me, the tips that they want from me, the um, insights that they want from me, and I'm constantly trying to give that to them. So it's really, it's not about me at the end of the day. Like, you know, I think that that's where people have to get really clean and clear, you know, about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And I fully believe that when you are coming from a space um, and a place that you're so passionate about that thing, um, you know, there's really not a lot of obstacles that can get in the way for you. And I mean, they'll be in the way, but you know, you'll just hop over them or jump around them or whatever you need to do. You know, that, and that's cool to hear. So I think, you know, and you talk about this on one of your podcasts, right? I did a little, I did a little homework mm-hmm. on you. I, I was saying you a little bit on your, <laughs> on your podcast. And I really have to say, I like it. It's uh, if for Thank people that you. want to want a little bit, listen a little bit more of Kai's to fit, it's more than my body. You can find it where, where you find podcasts. See, Thank it's you. a little plug. We'll work that Thank in. Thank you. Uh, yeah, one of the things that, that really strikes me, Kaisa, is how creative your workouts are. You know, because people don't, you know, people see like a 60 second video, right? They see what you do on there. But for people that know movement, your workouts kind of seem to tell a story. Yeah. How mm-hmm. much thought goes into planning what you decide to post per day or, or for a workout? And how does that tie into other things you do? like the workout programs you have available on your website? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, so this has been an evolution because originally I would try to film things while I was doing my workout, and I, I would just get so frustrated because what people don't understand is when you film something, if it's not at just the right angle or if it's just you know not the right take, you just end up spending a lot of time with that, and so it was interfering with my workouts. And so now... I do my workouts, I have the things that I like, you know, that I think are the top, you know, five moves in that, and then we film them all separately. Um, And a lot of it is, it comes from the daily stuff that I do. I don't really follow programs. I like to keep my movements interesting. So a lot of that is the inspiration of what's posted on my page. But it's also evolved into, and like I was saying before, what people need. So, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, people are looking at what I'm doing and maybe it looks cool, but they can't do it. Um, and so, and actually, like I just posted a workout today, I try to keep things really simple and fun and um, things that all bodies and everybody can do. And so I think that's where I've learned to have a lot more variation in, on the page and less things about me, not really about me anymore, and more about what the team needs. No, and, that's, and that was one of the questions I had because that was, like I, I said earlier, one of the criticisms 
that that people were, were posting um, when it, when they posted that video of yours. And it was with an office, and it was with an office chair, right? And I, I remember specifically because it was an amazing little workout sequence you did with like a rolly office chair, and and you know you could take that. A lot of my colleagues in the education side of things were like, "Oh my God, look at this, this is so wrong." But then, when, like I said, when I looked at it, I'm like, "Oh my, she's reaching so many people." You know, it made me. It was it was literally that post, Kaiser that made me reconsider the power of social media to get people moving. Mm-hmm. You know? wow. and so so I, I mean that. And that. That's one of the reasons why I was, I was persistent in trying to get this interview, because it really made me think that's like, wow, those of us that think we know what we're talking about with a degree or whatever, whatever it is, and you have that too, um, we're not reaching nearly as many people as somebody who's posting these creative type of workouts. But when, you, know, you kind of address this. How do, you, how do you respond to people who say, God, that's so hard. I could never do that. You know, how, what's your response to that? Well, with some of this content you produce. Okay, well, hold on. We're not going to skip over the industry and people talking shit. We're going to address this real quick because one of the things that I noticed really quickly in the industry was we're a small group of elitists that like to think that we know everything about the human body when in reality we really don't like you know we're understanding more about the human body every single day so that's something that we all need to remember and at the end of the day I always say this like what's the point of arguing a perfect squat if 90% of the population doesn't even get off the couch much like literally much less squat so for me at the end of the day like I understand when People inside the industry want to argue against that's dangerous, that's this and that. You know, I understand that side of it, but at the end of the day, I've made a very um, conscious choice to inspire the masses to move. And rather than being elitist and look for perfect movement, I'm looking for movement point blank period. Any movement is better than none. So at the end of the day, I, you know, I respect everybody's opinions and people can say whatever they want about me, but. My passion has always been to get general population up and moving. It's, you know, what I'm doing and why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. So um, when it comes to uh, what was your other question you wanted me to address? I get so fired up about the No, I'm glad you're saying that, Kaiser, because that's absolutely it. And I was like, you know, I was reading some of the comments that, that you know, colleagues were making on that. And I'm like, guys, get over yourself. You know, I mean, it really is. She's out there communicating with people in a way that we're not. You know, it doesn't matter what we write. You know, it doesn't matter if we get published in a, in a industry magazine or whatever. You know, it really doesn't. You know, if we're not impacting that many people, the fact is that somebody might follow your feed for a while. And at first they might go, oh, that looks really hard. But eventually, guys, I will bet that that woman or that guy following your feed one month, two months is finally going to get up and give it a go. Or finally yeah, I, go to yeah. your website and, and get one of your programs. I mean, I really, I really honestly believe that. And so when I mean it, and I'm not saying this, you know, to butter you up, but I mean, I really do think that you really helped create that extra planet in the fitness universe of social media on the way to engage people through that. You know, that, that's, that's why I think it's so powerful. Well, I really appreciate that. I mean, that means a lot coming from you. And I think at the end of the day, it's really important for us inside the industry to understand, you know, everybody, there's space for all of us. Everybody has a role. You know, I've always said loudly that, I'm not the most intelligent trainer. Like, that's not my gift. I've done everything and continue to do everything I possibly can to know as much about the human body as possible. But one of my biggest gifts is, you know, the cheerleading and encouraging side of me and the creative side of me. So I've embraced those, and that's the thing that I've accepted. And 
that's the thing that's really helped to shift me and my mission and my passion, everything that I'm doing. So again, everybody has an opinion. Um, I think at the end of the day, I'm staying pretty true to the things that I want to do. And when it comes to a chair workout or, you know, whatever people are looking at, most of the time, if people try them, you know, they can maybe try them. But really what it does is get a thought inside of their head that says, okay, if she can get up and do this with toilet paper, with a broom or whatever, you know, there's no excuses for me. I can get up and do something. And that's the point of it all. And one of the things that I love, and I want to ask you, I want to respect your time, and we'll wrap it up here in a couple minutes. But one of the things that I love is you have always, always, always have such a huge smile on it, and it just seems so. How how are you how are you able to keep that? I mean, what what is it about moving that causes you to, to you have a big ear to ear grin in almost every video of yours that I've seen? Yeah, I mean, I just I truly love movement, and I truly you know it's my happy place, and so for me. The smile is just that reminder for everybody else that, you know, movement is this incredible experience that you get to go through with your body and our bodies are absolutely like miracles. And I think that's the thing for me where I'm trying to spread that message and not, you know, this intense, you know, image that everybody has about the fitness industry and about working out and movement. So the smile is just that little outside, you know, symbol. Um, but for me, honestly, I'm just really, it's my happy place. I love it more than anything. Now the other thing that I want to go before before we wrap it up, and, and that is, and this is, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you get so many people to comment on your posts, um, but I always love commenting on your background, especially when I don't know if you're shooting it at home. But when you have your throw pillows, are you are you into interior design? Are you into like? Uh, and I, I mean, I'm asking this because I mean, what's what's a little bit? Let's look a little bit behind the non fitness side of Kaiser. I mean, are you into design or fashion or like kind of? Oh, like, you know, am I? I mean. I'm definitely into fashion. <laughs> I'm definitely into fashion. I'm definitely into design when it comes to shoes and clothes. That's about it. I mean, I care. I obviously care about what my house looks like, but I, um, yeah, I've always been the person that likes to rock things that nobody else is wearing. Um, and I've always been obsessed with shoes. So every time, I mean, I feel like that's some of the things that I can let people in on or get a little better glimpse about like who I am. But yeah, I mean, that's a big love of mine. Okay, yeah, I'm looking on your feed right now, and I can see that there's definitely a. I think you have a different pair of shoes in every in every one of your, your posts. Now, I have a shoe problem. Yeah. Well, no, but I would, I would say is that one of the. I'm sure there's some unexpected consequences or unexpected outcomes of like your exposed. Number one, did you ever think you'd be this popular posting little 60 second videos on a, on a social media platform? No, uh, no, absolutely not ever. I mean, I, my dream was always to become a professional athlete, but you know that was. That didn't happen, but no, I well, never. No, I would say you are. Like I, I say, I mean, you you make a living, Kaiser, by moving. I mean, and I Thank mean you. that. I mean, so look at it. You're, you're not competing against anybody. Per se. Well, yeah, you are. You're competing against other content producers out there. You oh know, no, but, I'm not. I'm really not competing against. I'm only competing against myself. I honestly, I think we're all in it together. And as long as we're all getting the world to move, there's no competition. We're all in it together. Fair enough. That that I like that. That that <laughs> I like that works for me. So, you know, you don't really have a, you have more of a fashion background than a design background. So one of the cool things I noticed about, about your recent program, uh, Kaiza, recent programs you're putting out is you're really, you're, you're focusing a little bit more on mobility. And I want to ask that because before I hit the record button, we were kind of talking, I'm not going to share your age with, 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 with the listeners. Um, but the one thing I noticed when I, when I was in, when I turned the age of 35, a uh, number of years ago, uh, when I turned 35, my body stopped, you know, I started feeling things a little bit more and it took me a day or two longer to recover from hard workouts. 
how have you, you know, how have you just adjusted your programs and, and how important is this mobility program to your overall workout to the way that you approach working out? So, I mean, so one, I'm 34. I have no problem saying that. Um, and for me, so the mobility program really came in a sense of for ever up until my late twenties, I start, I was like battling injuries after college. Um, and so after I broke my leg. I literally think I was 28 years old. I broke my leg. I started doing more body weight movement and I started paying really close attention to how things felt and really taking care of my joints and just like paying attention to my warm ups and my cool downs. Um, and so over the course of, I think it was four years, I ended up writing this routine that I used and loved and I just felt so damn good and knock on wood kept me injury free. So um, I think it's been out for like a year, a year ago, like people continued to ask me what I was doing to help keep my body healthy. And so I, I put out that program and it has gone like wildfire. And in the sense, I think because people use it and feel so good when they do mobility work and when they do the slow work and the work that sometimes we don't look at as most glamorous, but it's the work that honestly helps our bodies feel its best and in turn perform its best. So, you know, for me, the older that I've gotten, the more I've fought against slowing down a little bit in my workouts, but been a lot smarter on the recovery aspect and the other things that I'm doing in my life to just really show my body some love. So that mobility program um, is one of the main things. And I think that's what people, and I appreciate the way you said that because I think a lot of people think mistakenly that every workout has to crush them. Like every workout needs to be high no. intensity, but no. sometimes, I mean, don't, I mean, don't you just love when, you know, you have those days sometimes you're like, you might not be feeling like, Oh man, I'm a little bit, but then we just do like a little body weight movement. You do some mobility. How does that, I mean, how, how, how great does that make you feel? Oh, I mean, it's an absolute game changer. You know, my mindset is always that any movement is better than none. So I never, I try never to have this negative relationship with movement in general. And what I do is I show up to my workouts and I spend time going through part of my mobility routine um, that I've turned into like my warm up. And I listen to my body in those 10 plus minutes and I pay attention to how things feel. I pay attention to my energy level. And then that basically dictates what I want to do for the day. So if I get there and there's days when, you know, my body's just not feeling it and I take it down a notch, like I do everything that I do is guided by what, my body tells me, you know, it wants to do. And, and now to, to wrap up here, one of the, I think one of the things that, that was hard to maybe get you on the podcast is that what people don't know about you, what people might be surprised to find. And I, I learned this by, by listening to your podcast, by the way, is that <laughs> you might be, you might be a little shy. <laughs> would you consider yourself, would you describe yourself as shy? I'm not a little shy. I'm a lot shy. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> I mean, how, how, what, that's an interesting juxtaposition because you, you, you know, here you are, you're, you're extremely well known for posting videos yet you seem to be, you know, how do you, how do you describe that? Or how do you explain that, that, you know, you're a very shy young woman yet you, you here you are, you're kind of thrust in the public eye for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I never, ever, like I wouldn't have gotten into social media. I don't think if I would have known how much I had to be out in the social eye, but now I'm forever grateful for it. So it's, I've had to learn to get through that, but also in some sense, you know, movement and what I do, I'm so passionate about it that it's almost, it becomes like my alter ego. Like I set, you know, that shy, you know, quieter side of Kaisa aside 
And I step into, you know, the one that has a mission and a purpose and, you know, is out here trying to get the world to move and can't do that behind closed doors. So, um, you know, my career and my passion has taught me so much about myself and it's helped me to work through so many things. So um, I'm a little less shy than I used to be, but still, you know, definitely don't love to be um, in front of the camera all that much. I don't mind doing workouts in front of the camera and I oddly, Pete, don't mind coaching classes. Like you could put a thousand people in a room for me to coach and I would be more excited than anything to do that. Now, if you ask me to talk though in front of those people, <laughs> woo, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, cause I know you do that at Idea World. I mean, at Idea World, you've led huge workouts and I think you've done that at the NASM conference as well, right? You've, you've done huge workouts at a couple of fitness conferences. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. So, uh, so idea I've done um, a handful of workouts. Now NASM asked me to do the keynote speech a few years back. And okay, that's what it was. That, that was, I had nightmares for six months leading up to oh, that. Moment, oh, I'm sorry. But no, hey, it's fine. It. It's, yeah, it was incredible. And we ended up getting through it and it was just a really amazing experience. And, you know, I'm forever grateful for that. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Long story short, Definitely pretty shy. And now, now, final thing, let's plug your podcast here because I really, I enjoyed listening to it. What, what got you Thank interested you. in, you know, it's called More Than My Body. Number one, why is it called More Than My Body and what got you interested in doing a podcast? Yeah, so More Than My Body, um, my slogan for a long time has been I am More Than My Body. And just solely based on the fact that although I love my body and I'm grateful for everything that she does for me, she doesn't define who I am. Um, as a human being, as a woman in this world, um, you know, the things that I do and my passions and, you know, what I'm trying to achieve in this world, that's who I am. It's not this thing that my soul lives in. So um, I constantly am saying I'm more than my body. And it's just a reminder anytime that I may be frustrated or um, always trying to help my clients, like if they're frustrated about what they look like, that you are more than your body, you know, and you got to show your body love and you got to appreciate it. Um, because it gets up every damn morning and does the things that you want it to do, but it also doesn't define who you are. So um, that's the name of my podcast. And, you know, the goal of the podcast was really going on the tangent of being shy, was really to allow people to get um, to know me a little bit better, um, you know, to peel back those onion layers and to be a little bit more vulnerable and, and honest and open about my life and, a lot of times people see the glitz and the glam on social media, but they don't know what it really took, you know, for me to get there and the journeys that I've been on. And, and I'm, you know, we thought it was important to share. Well, I, I really, I, I enjoyed, you know, getting, you know, doing the prep work for, for this conversation. I enjoyed listening to them. I think you're doing an awesome Thank job. You. you and Les are crushing it. So, uh, for listeners, uh, you know, I, I really, I very rarely plug other podcasts. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's Thank you. Worth, no, it's definitely, it's definitely worth a listen. And what I like about them is they're short and sweet. So they're easy to listen to during a quick workout. Um, so people, people out there check out more than my body by Kaiser fit and learn a little bit more about one of the most influential people on social media. And Kaiser, really, oh. I really appreciate your time. And I really appreciate your, um, your patience in allowing me to, uh, to, to hound you a little bit. Um, and it, and it wasn't that bad. It just was every, no, this was every so, so often. To, this you know, was just so to be, good. Cause like I, I said, appreciate I mean, you. You really, you really turned my, you, you really were the one, I think, that really turned me around on the whole social media influencer and realized that there was something to it and that, that rather than look down on it, that we really, as an industry, we should embrace uh, people yeah. like you who are doing what you're doing because you're having a significant impact. 
Thank you. I really appreciate that. And honestly, I appreciate your patience with me and, and getting me on here. And um, yeah, I, I so enjoy being able to share my story. So thank you. Yeah, as you can see, she really is authentic. Uh, we have one or two mutual friends in common. So I, I kind of, you know, besides listening to her podcast, you know, I did some other uh, research to kind of prep for the interview. And I really, I'm just blown away. You know, she's not just um, not just an athletic young woman who, you know, who's trying to show off on Instagram. She really is trying to make a difference in how people use movement and how people use exercise to enhance their quality of life. So with that, if you want to support the podcast, please do me a favor. Reach down, however you're listening to this, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Do me a favor. Just give me a review. You know, it doesn't cost you any money, but just take a few seconds. If you like the All About Fitness podcast, if you listen regularly, you know, re- reviews are the currency of us content creators. The more reviews we have, the, high, the more five-star reviews we have, you know, the higher up in the search rankings and all that. And if you really want to support the podcast, sign up for, uh, sign up for my mailing list on, the all, on my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com. Uh, sign up for my mailing list. You'll be getting a lot of great content through there. And if you really, really want to support the podcast, pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. There'll be a link below in the show notes. And yes, there are a lot of places you can buy books on the internet. One of them happens to be based in Kaiser's hometown of Seattle. But if you buy it from my publisher, I know it might be a dollar or two more than you can get otherwise, but that really goes to support me as a content creator. Buying it from the publisher means the author gets the best royalty possible. So if you like the website, or sorry, if you like the podcast, if you like my website, please support me, support what I'm doing by buying a copy of Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple, from directly from Human Kinetics, my publisher. With that, as always, thank you for taking the time to stop by, and I really will look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness. <laughs>